media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. I pray everybody's had a good week. Um, so let's let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. Re- Revelations twenty-two six through thirteen. Um, y'all, we've been going through this, and Bobby um, finished on five last week. So uh, I get the blessing of doing six, and we're going to go six through thirteen. Um, so let's just go straight to the word, and then we'll get we'll get going. Um, is it going to be on the back or no? All right. Uh, Revelation twenty two six through twelve. Then he said to me, "These words are faithful and true." And the Lord, oh, and I'm sorry, I, I'm totally messed up. I'm reading out the Amplified because I'm not the sharpest crayon in the box, and I like extra words. So we'll be here a long time today. Hope you pack lunch. Um, but I would encourage you, and I say this often, look at multiple translations when you are studying and when you're researching. Uh, the different words help you look at it differently. Um, at least it does for me. Um, all right, so Revelation 22, 6. Then he said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets. Oh, man, that's a reflection up there. Has seen his angel as a representative to show his bondservants the things that soon take place. And behold, I am coming quickly, blessed, happy, prosperous, and to be admired is the one who needs and takes, who heeds and takes to heart and remembers the words of the prophecy. That is, the predictions, the consolations, and warnings contained in this book, Scroll. I am John. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. But he said to me, do not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets and the one and the, ah, shoot. And those who heed and remember the truths contained in the words of this book, worship God. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book for the time of their fulfillment is near. And 11, let the one who does wrong still do wrong. And the one who is filthy, vile, impure, still be filthy. And the one who is righteous, just, upright, still be righteous. And the one who is holy, still be holy. Behold, I, Jesus, am coming quickly and my reward is with, is with me to give to each one according to the merit of his deeds, earthly works and faithfulness. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the eternal one. I tell Father, Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for written scripture that gives us a roadmap of where we go. And Lord, we do pray, Lord, that we believe that it's trustworthy. Lord, that we do want to follow you and worship you. And Lord, that we are ready because you've told us and you've told us several times, be ready. And Lord, just uh, Lord, be with us. Stir our hearts. Stir our minds as we look at your word. We love you and we praise you. All God's people said, amen. 
So, are you ready? Do you believe the word of God is true? Who, what, do, should we worship? Those are kind of the things that we're going to look at today. Um, and these are, you know, these are the topics that the scriptures are going to test. So let's just jump right in it. In verse 6, the angel is speaking right here in verse 6. Um, trustworthy and true. These words are faithful and true, depending on what translation you're looking at. Trustworthy and true, faithful and true. Um, what John was hearing and seeing, he wanted him to know that this isn't too good to be true. We always hear the, 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 the little moniker, it, oh, that's too good to be true. Well, I'm telling you, this is not too good to be true. And, and what everything that he was showing John was not too good to be true. And, and the same phrase was re- used in Revelation 21.5. In 21.5, and he who sits on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, right, for these words are faithful and true. They are accurate, incorruptible, and trustworthy. Right? And, and so, then six more times, the authenticity of the words or words of God are mentioned. In Revelation 6, which we looked at, Revelation 7, which we looked at, Revelation 9, 10, and then Bobby's going to speak on the other two, 18 and 19, where we're not to take away and we're not to add to the Word of God. This is trustworthy and true. The authority, the sufficiency, the longevity of the Word or words of God from Genesis to Revelations are foundational to what we believe. Otherwise, it'd be a, a, they call it a house of cards. If you take that bottom card out, what happens? It crumbles. So for us, the Word of God is foundational. It is the cornerstone. There is no other. And, and for us, we're not to add to it, take away. We gotta believe what it is. And so when we look at that in Genesis 1-3, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Exodus 21, and God spoke all these words. Psalms 12, 6, the word, the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. Matthew 4, 4, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. 1 Peter 1, 25, But the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is good news that was preached to you. And so when we're looking at verse 6, this is real. This is true. And nothing in the Bible has ever been disproved. And that's where we got to live on. Because the world is tough out there. The world is trying to tell us, all kind of crazy stuff in the youth. We're going through Second Timothy, and it's talking about all the false teachings and false prophets and all this stuff. And, and we said it before. If you just turn two degrees, I know Taylor's a pilot. Taylor, if you turn two degrees and you're flying far, you're not going to make the mark, are you, bud? And it's just such a little turn. But two degrees, two degrees, two degrees, and before no, we're lost. And that's what it's telling us. This is true. When we go to verse 7, Christ is speaking here. When we go to verse 7, then he said to me, these words are faithful 
And behold, I am coming quickly. Right? We get so caught up on the word quickly or soon. And, and, and depending on translation, depending on Greek, depending on how it's done, it could be the word soon. It could be quickly. It could be suddenly. Right? And we get caught up in, oh, well, it hasn't happened yet. Is he coming back? Why has it been so long? What is he waiting for? Right? These are things that we ask ourselves. Um, God wants to keep every and all generations expectant, watching, and ready. My question to you, are you ready? Right? We're from Florida, hurricanes all the time. All you ever want to hear is, hey, are you ready? Right? Do you got 18,000 batteries, 48 gallons of gasoline, and up here in Georgia, we just want milk and eggs. Right? And, and so, are you ready? Right? Are you ready? Um, and then, and this, down to the second part of this, where it talks about, is the one who heeds and takes a heart and remembers the words of the prophecy that is, is precaution? Ah! There's a reflection up there, I'm sorry. Um, it's, and behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed, right? This is blessed number six of the seven, uh, benedictions and revelations out of the Bible, out of the dictionary. A benediction is a declaration of blessings from God upon his loved ones. Benedictions, though brief, offer words of assurance or precepts designed to bring joy, peace, comfort, and security to those who place their trust in God. That's what we want. We want everybody to place their trust in God. And, and this is number six. And, and the seven of them are, and y'all looked at all these. Bobby's got one more to talk about next week. Uh, Revelation 1, 3, 14, 13, 16, 15, 19, 9, 26. And then the one we just talked about, 22, 7. And then next week he'll hit on 22, 14. But once again, whether what translation you're using, you keep, you heed, he takes, he remembers the words. Right? That's why we try to encourage in discipleship, like, scripture memorization. Right? We, we need to have these locked up in our hearts, in our minds. Because this will lead us to trust God and obey Him. And then apply His truth to our daily lives. Part of my uh, discipleship group that we have on Wednesday nights, um, we were looking at a scripture and it was talking about the, the feeding. And, and they said, how are we going to do it, Jesus? And he said, hey, look, just have them sit down. And, and the disciples did that. And then when he blessed the food and fed everybody. But this is where we struggle as humans. We have to obey before we understand. Right? And that's tough. Because we like to know what's going to happen. And then I'll tell you if I'm going to obey. But this is saying, hey, we got to obey it before we understand it. Verse 8 and 9 um, this is John talking, right? I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down and worshipped the feet of the angel who showed me these things. John was overwhelmed and bowed to the angel, right? I can't even imagine what, how, what it looked like. I'm a visual guy, I can't even imagine. But he bowed and, and, and to the angel. Just three chapters ago in Revelation 19.10, um, he did the same thing, right? He did the exact same thing, and he was told the same thing. Do not do that. I am a fellow servant 
with you and your brothers and the prophets and with those who heed and remember the truths contained in the words of the book, worship God. That's what we have to do. We got to worship God. We don't worship the messenger. We worship the one that created the message. Right? Did we hear that? We don't, we don't worship the messenger. We worship the one that created the message. That's where it has to be. Um, angels are created beings and no created beings should be worshiped. We gotta, we gotta understand that. Um, Sherry and I were driving, uh, here this morning and she's talking about a little cross and she said it's real simple. And I said, you know what? That's the funny thing because worship God alone. It sounds simple. It should be simple, but we make it so hard, right? It's just worship God. Just look around you. Just look around you. The leaves are about to change. There's nothing like it. Go to the mountains. There's still snow in some mountains. That doesn't even make sense. We need to worship the one that created it all. That's what we're called to do. And we get to verse 10. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book for the time of their fulfillment is near. Um, Do not seal up the book for these time is near. These things are going to start working themselves out. And that's what we got to remember. The opposite of that is what we saw in the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, he told them in Daniel 8.26, The vision of the evenings and the mornings that has been told is true, but seal up these visions, for it refers to many days from now. So once again, we're talking about sealed and unsealed. Okay? And then in Daniel 12.4 and 9, it says, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. And in a nine, he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the end of time. And so he was telling him, Hey, leave the book open, leave it unsealed, because hey, the understanding is growing. We gotta be able to understand what's happening and to move it forward. And so when we look at sealed, Not understanding right now and for the future. That's what he was telling in Daniel. The unsealed, which we were looking in Revelations, that there's people able to understand it and it's for the near future or now. And those are the things that we have to pay attention to, right? But we get caught up on the, hey, it says it's coming soon. Is that like tomorrow? Well, we don't know. But we got to be ready. We got to be ready. Um... And then in verse 11, let the ones who, who does wrong still do wrong, and the ones who is filthy, vile, and pure still be filthy, and the one who is righteous, just, and upright still be righteous, and the one who is holy still be holy. Patterns of behaviors will continue and will be irreversible. We need to hear that. Patterns of behavior will continue and will be irreversible. There's two groups that he's talking about here. Those who believe and follow truth. Those who oppose truth. Right? 
There's two distinct factors in this in the vision he was seeing. Those who, who are going to do what God wants to do and those that are not. So, I'm very literal. Which are you? Right? we got to ask those questions. Right? If we're family, we got to ask those questions. Which are you? God is not going to force our hand to act a certain way. He's not a puppeteer. Sometimes I wish he was. Because I wouldn't make some knucklehead choices. But he's not going to force our hand. And this is the part that scares me. Don't wait. There is time now. The I can do it later mentality. That's what it's talking about. Because none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. Soon, quickly, suddenly could be today. And for those that says, well, I got to get myself right before I come in church. Or, or, you know, let me stop smoking, then I can get in church. It's not about that. It's about your heart. He will change you. If, if, if you want to do what he does and follow him, the smoking will go away if you want it. If we try to do it on our own, most likely it'll come back. Behaviors will continue and be irreversible. We got to be very careful. Verse 12. Behold, Jesus speaking again. Behold, I, Jesus, am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to each one of you according to the merit of his deeds, earthly works or faithfulness. Coming quickly, soon, suddenly. His timeline, not ours. Pretty simple. His timeline, not ours. And and this part B kind of scares me a little bit. Bringing his, our rewards with him. He's ready to reward the faithful servants and to punish the evildoers. That's real. Okay? That's real. There will be different degrees of rewards. Let's just be real. There will be different degrees of rewards. Now listen, all of our sin is washed away. All our sin is washed away. But there will be different rewards dependent on the lives we live here today. 1 Corinthians 3, 14 and 15. 1 Corinthians 3, 14 and 15 says, If any person's work which he has built on this foundation, that is, any outcome of his effort, remains and survives this test, he will receive a reward. But if any person's work is burned up by the test, he will suffer the loss of his reward, yet he himself will be saved, but only as one who barely escaped through fire. There it is. We can be saved. You know, many old timers will say that's fire insurance. Right? That's not what the Lord has called us to. He said, are you ready? Do you believe it's true? And are you going to worship only me? That's what he's called us to. And that's where it's at. Right? So there is a reality that what are we going to do? Right? How are we going to do it? In Matthew 24, 44, Therefore you who follow me must always be ready. 
Because the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. It's pretty simple of what we're seeing. Um, and then in verse 13, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the eternal one. Um, this is Jesus speaking, right? He's saying, hey, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, always was and always will be. The beginning and ending Greek alphabet. That's where he's going. In Revelation 1.8, God makes the same statement. Right? In Revelation 1.8, God says the same thing. One is God speaking and one is Jesus speaking. Right? And this is just more proof of Christ's deity. And, and a, a quote from Spurgeon I thought was pretty neat. Um, These terms come together mean that Jesus is the beginning, the middle, and the end for the Christian. Preach orthodoxy or or any form of doxy. If you've left out Christ, there is no manna from heaven, no water from the rock, no refuge from the storm, no healing for the sick, no life for the dead. If you leave out Christ, you have left the sun out of the day, the moon out of the night. You have left the waters out of the sea. You've the ah, the foods out of the river. You have left the harvest out of the year, the soul out of the body. You've left joy out of heaven. Yeah, you have robbed all of its all. There is no gospel worth thinking of, much less worth proclaiming in Jehovah's name if Jesus be forgotten. Right? Christ said it. Jesus said it. They're the same The beginning, the end, there'll always be. We have to remember that. And as we get ready to close, as we really think about this stuff, right? We all are able. But are we willing? Right? We all are able, but are we willing? That's the question. And then who will you serve or worship today. Right? It's deer season. I get it. Think about it. It's football season. It's kids sports season. Think about it. What are you worshiping? Where's your heart? Where's your time? For some of us, where's our money? Right? Are we ready? Do we believe it's true? And who are we worshiping? Right? Um, and and the, the awesome part, but also the scary part, these are only questions that you, me, can answer for ourselves. Right? These are the only questions that you, me, can answer for ourselves No one can bridge the gap for us in this situation, right? We can have discipleship. We can have mentorship. We can have Bible studies. We can have all this different stuff. But when it comes down to the end, only him and us know. We can put on a good faux face. You know, many of us come in here on Sunday mornings. At home, it was a scream fest. On the car ride, it was a scream fest. 
we shut that door. We walk back out of the door. It's chaos again. Right? We can all play the game. He knows our heart. He knows our heart. Um, and I saw this phrase from a pastor when I was uh, studying. He says, when we're talking about time, coming soon, um, quickly, suddenly. He said, you see, because of our weakness, because of our sinfulness, because of our selfishness and short-sightedness, Jesus speaks to us the only way he could speak to us about the urgency of the now. If you are honest with yourself, I think you will agree with that. I what I'm about to say. When it comes to time and timing, we fail miserably. We procrastinate. We live in denial. We waste our time. And then we seem surprised when at the end of the season or the end of our lives, we can't help but say, wow, it all went by so fast. Or where did time go? Right? And that is what we're talking about. Because I know there's some of y'all in here, you got little itty bitties. Some got them in the middle. Some got some that are about to graduate. Some got them about to graduate college. Some getting married. Some having grandbabies. And you just sit there and go, where is time gone? Right? So when we really think about it, like our dash. What does your dash say? Right? What does your dash? Mine's 1972. Dash. And Lord, you could take me today. And I'd be okay. But what does your dash say? Because that's what it's coming down to. Because are you ready? Do you believe that it's true? And who do you worship? Right? Those are the, the, the kind of the bottom lines. So as we get ready to close out, I'm a visual guy. So... um I got a bunch of little tickets up here. I got a bunch of little tickets up here. So when I was studying, the Lord said, Jeff, you're weird. I said, I know. He said, you need a lot of help. I said, I know. And I said, just tell me something else. He says, I love your heart. I love your heart for people. And many of y'all know my story. Nobody ever told me about Jesus. I'm going home tomorrow to see my dad. My dad's in his last stages. My dad has dementia. My dad doesn't know who I am. But worse, more, more, what hurts my heart more than he doesn't know who I am. He doesn't know about the God that we just talked about. And so I need y'all to pray for me as I go home to see my dad and my mom and my younger brother and my older brother because these tickets right here represent them. Right? They don't have a ticket to heaven. And as our earthly son, that scares the death out of me. Because I literally won't see my dad again. And so, 
as Ricky plays, you can come up then. You can come up after service. But what I want you to do, I want you to come up here and take a ticket. One, two, five, ten. For the people, the circle of your influence, I want you to take a ticket. You don't have to give it to them. I want you to take this ticket and put it somewhere where you're going to see it. Because I want it to be a remembrance of you're to share the gospel with somebody. You're to love on somebody. You're to invite somebody to church. You're to invite somebody to Wednesday night dinner. You're to invite somebody to FCA. You're to invite somebody to discipleship group. You're to start your own Bible, Bible study. You're to start your own discipleship group. But I want everybody, and, and hey, I know it's weird, and it's okay. It's okay. God wants us to be different. Look at our fingerprints. There's 8 billion of us in the world, and none of us have the same fingerprint. I think God loves us that much for us to be weird, okay? But I want you to come get a ticket. There's nothing special about the ticket. It's blue. It's got a smiley face on it. It says smile. So if anything, smile. Um, but as Ricky gets ready to play, I, I really want us to take one, take two, take ten, and pray. Pray over these tickets. That's weird. I know. Um, or if some of y'all want to come down here and pray. Nothing special down here. But we're a, we're a family. We're church. And we need prayer. Prayer changes things. And so, um, yeah. God told me I was weird and came up with these tickets. I don't know. But, um, so let me pray. I'm just rambling. It's time to go. Um, really think about, are you ready? If not, I'd love to talk to you. If you're not ready, I'd love to talk to you. Do you believe the word is true and trustworthy? And then three, who are you worshiping? What are you worshiping? And then as Ricky plays and they come up here and sing and I get out of the way um, because y'all don't want me to play that. Um, This box is here. Nothing special about these tickets. What is special is the individual that it's going to represent. The person it's going to represent that maybe, maybe their name will be in the book of life. And that's what we, Cornerstone, want to be known for. We want to be that lighthouse. We want to be that city on a hill. We want to be difference makers and game changers right here in Jefferson, Georgia. And so, I'll say it from the pulpit. If you're not inviting people to church, maybe Cornerstone's not for you. Right? I know it's a harsh saying. But we're family. And we want this place to grow, not for numbers, just like Brittany got baptized last week. That's what it's about. Lives changed for eternity, not for a season, not for a moment, for eternity. So we get to sing holy, holy, holy to the one almighty. I tell me, Father, Lord, thank you for today. Lord, thank you for allowing my voice to stay somewhat normal. Lord, thank you for using a wretch like me, a sinner saved by grace. 
to share the good news of the gospel. Lord, I pray for all the cars traveling on Highway 11 right now that should be in church. Lord, I pray for them. Lord, I pray they feel something different as they zoom by right here. Lord, not because of us, but because the Holy Spirit lives in this place. Lord, we pray for this week coming up. Lord, we pray for interactions with others. Lord, I pray that you would put somebody in the path of everybody sitting, listening online. I pray you would put someone in their way, Lord, that needs to hear or see the gospel this week. And Lord, that we wouldn't miss that opportunity. Lord, we would recognize it. The tingling in our tummy would tell us that we need to do something and we would do it. Lord, I pray for these blue tickets. Lord, I pray for these tickets that represent somebody that isn't ready. Lord, that us as friends, us as co-workers, us as family would pray over them, pray for them. And Lord, their lives would be changed. Lord, thank you for the authenticity of your word. Thank you for being the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. Lord, challenge us, stir us this week to be different. To be different. Let us grow closer to you this week. Lord, I pray for all marriages. Lord, strengthen them. Lord, I pray for all children in here that might not be making good choices. Lord, strengthen them. Lord, I pray for our community. Lord, I pray for all local churches. Lord, that we could work together for one gospel. Lord, use us. Lord, we love you and praise you. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.